0: Your own way. Showgirl, All you gotta
1: do is just showgirl, show the next day. Welcome to the showgirl tip of the day podcast How's everybody doing? We are gearing up for the holiday season. And that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. In next week's episode, I'm going to talk about the holidays. Some people like the holidays and some people don't. This has been a really strange time with COVID. Normally, a lot of young performers are away from home. And then for the holidays, they go back home and they have to answer all kinds of questions from friends and family, not in the business, like, what are you doing Are you famous yet? Why don't I see you on TV yet? Those kind of questions. But this has been a weird time because a lot of folks did go home for an extended period of time. People are now moving back to New York where I live and apartments are in demand again. I'm just curious to see how everyone is doing. And I'm also curious to see what you think of the holidays. Holidays are a great time to be an entertainer. There's usually a lot of extra gigs and side gigs, but take it from me. Please get everything in writing. If someone asks you to do a gig, get a written contract stating exactly what the gig is how much it will be paid and try to get your payment up front if at all possible. There was one instance where I did a gig, the first year I had a contract, all went well, I got paid. And then I did the gig for two subsequent years and on the last year, unfortunately, they tried to not pay me. And I had to go to the New York State Department of Labor. Luckily, I had screenshots of text exchanges where the producer was like, yes, I will pay you. I did get my money. So just for the future, for all of you, just get everything in writing and try your best to make everything clear. Even with a written contract, sometimes people do not do the right thing. So I'm hoping that everyone's holiday season is full of lots of work and full of great opportunities and also full of just family. If you have family that you want to be around and you enjoy them, I hope you get to spend some time with them. I hope everybody gets to relax. I have to tell you, this fall has been the busiest I have ever been in many years. It got to the point where I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I overbooked myself. So after my contracts are up, I'm going to be taking a hard look at all the different opportunities and jobs I've been given and make some changes I'm having a great time, but there's only 24 hours of the day, and my physical self is being overextended. Like my body, everybody. I'm trying not to take too much Advil, but there are times when I'm like, oh my goodness, I need some Advil. Thank goodness for Kathleen Carter and her training because I'm not as busted as I could be, but yet I'm a little bustina, if you know what I'm saying. So, my next guest is my own child. I named her. Angelica, and she's going through a process now where she wants to rename herself. And I'm fine with that because I'm the one that named her, and she doesn't feel like that name fits her. A lot of people go through this and change their names. And although I love the name that I gave her, it's not the name she wants to use for herself. And I respect that. Part of being a mom is understanding that your child is not you, and your child has their own sense of agency and their own choices to make and their own journey to take that kind of rhymed but I'm not gonna write a song maybe Joshua Holloway can write to that but anyway the child that you have is not your mini me and does not have to do what you do for a living so I really I love my daughter so much as a child we had so much fun together And as a teenager, honestly, she really did not cause me any problems, not cause me any problems, but you know what I mean? Some people's teenage years are tumultuous. And if she pulled any stunts, I wasn't aware of it. She kept it from me if she did anything, any kind of stunting. So I'm proud of the person she is becoming, and I respect her choices. I respect the way she lives her life, and I'm proud to know this person. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my daughter. We're going to talk about why she chose not to go into show business. I have a friend who is currently taking, I actually have two friends, who are taking their daughters around to colleges, and I believe both of them want to go into the theater. So they're looking at musical theater programs. They're looking at dance programs. And I enjoy seeing them post pictures from all these campuses. My daughter is a science major and chose not to go into the show business industry. So we'll talk about why you'll get to hear from
0: my daughter. So stay tuned. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Ange. I I currently reside in Texas and I'm a college student at UNT with a major of geography and an emphasis in earth science.
1: Fantastic. And the reason I asked you on the podcast today is because you grew up in a show business family. Your father is a sound man and me, I'm an international show girl. Do you remember when you were applying to colleges and you said, what do I put you down? What's your profession? And I said, International showgirl and star.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was probably the most confusing part of applying to colleges. I'm just
1: kidding. You grew up with two parents in show business. Although you're a gifted filmmaker, and I told you I would send you to film school, no problem, you chose to become a scientist. So the reason I'm asking you on the podcast today is I just want you to talk to the listeners about what was it like growing up in a show business family, what was good about it, what you didn't like about it, and what led you to the decision of choosing your major in college.
0: Yeah, okay, so I'll just from the very beginning, growing up in New York City, um, it was. I really did enjoy it. It was definitely a good experience that I think it, it was a very unique experience for me to have. I became independent very quickly. I was able to navigate my way around the city by, I would say, age 10, no problem. And then once I had moved out of the city to go to middle school somewhere else, I realized that I just didn't like that lifestyle. I wasn't a huge fan of my plans being up in the air, having to Travel at such a high pace, watching you guys in your careers, going from different jobs or different shows, working late nights or not having a set in stone schedule. I realized that just wasn't for me. I preferred to have a plan, especially since I got to high school when I had to do sports and then theater and then other schoolwork. I really enjoyed having some sort of schedule for myself in order to keep on track of my tasks. And that's not to say that anyone in show business doesn't have a schedule. It's just not a, per- a permanent schedule in their lives. Everything is very up in the air and a lot of their actions depend on their motivation in order to go into the career. So when I would do stage managing for my high school shows, I realized that it was quite a lot of work. And I was just thinking about how if I really wanted to do this, it would have to be a driving force for me to be successful. And since I wasn't all the way there mentally, I figured it wasn't for me.
1: Wow, that is such a good answer. And thank you so much for that, because the driving force wasn't there for you. And you are quite talented, both as a stage manager and a filmmaker. But I recall when we talked about you know, when I was trying to kind of push you into film school, you were like, no, I w- I want a schedule. I want a job. I want a house, which of course, if you're a filmmaker, you can have all of those things too. But I think what you just said explains it. You wanted a, a more steady life. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So the big thing behind that driving force is taking that action in order to push yourself into the career to get those different opportunities. And growing up with y'all as my parents, those opportunities were almost handed to me. And in certain circumstances, I almost feel selfish for not taking advantage of those handed opportunities into that lifestyle. But I just knew that that's not what I wanted to do. I wasn't going to push myself in order to like be the most successful or do the best that I can. I would rather put my drive somewhere else that would give me a result that I wanted to see.
1: Yes. But you know what? I respect you so much for knowing yourself and knowing that that wasn't the life for you. So many people go into their quote unquote family businesses out of obligation. And you made some different choices. So I'm really proud of you for that. I do have a couple of questions for you, though. Remember when I was singing at all of the nursing homes and hospitals, one of the reasons I started doing that is I could take you with me. And from the time you were two, I was a single mom because your dad and I got a divorce and so I was always looking for opportunities where you could come with me while I earned a living. So could you just tell the listeners what that was like a little bit watching me and you were, you would always help. You were always such a helpful person.
0: Yeah. Um, so when I would go with you to these jobs, I definitely, as you said, I wanted to help you out. I, Truly did understand and was able to see the hard work that you had to put in. Going back to the whole drive thing, I think that that was your specialty, and you were the first person to show me that in order to be successful in what you want to do, you need to have some sort of force behind that. And that force has to come from your own mentality, not from anything else. And so, obviously, I know that having children is an obstacle in the fine arts, especially when it comes to like being the actual performer on stage, because once you have another person that you have to take care of, and you can't solely focus on your own career, you have to make some shifts. So I really recognize that you did make those shifts in order to take care of me as well as to allow me to participate in your life. Because I know that a lot of families tend to hire babysitters. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that in my childhood, I remember us spending a lot of time together wherever that was rather than me spending time with babysitters or spending late nights in order to try and participate with you. You really changed your lifestyle around for me and I'm forever grateful and appreciative of that. However, I knew that that's just not something I wanted to do. I also think that as a child, it really did open my eyes to the responsibility That you need to have in your career as well as your life planning skills to see you be able to make that change and to take any opportunity that came your way in order to provide for our family. That's just something that I didn't want to have to carry a weight of. Obviously since I was a kid it was hard for me to like understand that but I did recognize that you carried that weight And so that was a big difference for me in choosing my career of would I want to make those sacrifices for somebody else. And the selfish and honest answer I came to was no, I would rather make different sacrifices than completely change my whole life around. So that was a big thing that I had to recognize as a kid. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that that's not the lifestyle that I wanted to live, but it was fun as a child in order to experience that and realize that from the beginning rather than putting in time and effort to see if I wanted to do that and later finding out those consequences on my own. Fantastic. What's a couple of funny
1: or fun memories that you have from those early years?
0: Well, obviously, I have to mention that the holiday performances were always a spectacular moment. And just watching you do that, you played it off very well. I commend you for that. However, it was very fun to giggle in the back when I realized that you couldn't remember the words to Deck the Halls. Also okay. thank you. One. Wait a
1: minute. Wait a minute. I have to tell
0: that story. You want me to tell the story? You don't want me to? Yeah, (laughs) you can. Okay, so for context to the listeners, let me set the scene. We're in a nursing home. It is the beginning of the holiday season, so maybe December, maybe a little bit earlier. And the way that my mom has described those performances to me is that they happen once or twice a year, and they're not her usual set list. So the preparing time for said Christmas songs is very minimal compared to other songs. So for classics such as Deck the Halls, she would just kind of wing it and, you know, hope on the fact that she'll remember these holiday lyrics. And there are instances that she did not. And the one that I remember so vividly, there's a line of chairs where these old folks would sit, and you would walk up and down these aisles, per- interacting with these people as you performed. So when "Deck the Hall" music starts playing, you sing the first line: "Deck the halls with boughs of holly," whatever the actual words are. And then, yeah, you would sing. Yeah, the fall, yeah. See, la, la, it's la. hard.
1: It's yeah. hard. I don't laugh. blame you. I don't
0: blame you. It was just very funny to me, and so. Then the next lyrics, which I don't even know myself, got substituted with greeting people until the next line of "la la la la." So tis the, the song season. was it's- "Tis the season to be jolly." Okay. Well, whatever the case is, you did not remember that line at the time. The whole song, besides the follow la 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 part, was just saying, Hi, how are you? How are you doing today? And those were the lyrics of Deck the Halls. Sometimes you have to make a choice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, there was some fantastic adventures. I have to say that. And having you by my side was the greatest blessing and the greatest joy. And I miss you so much but I'm going to come see you. I'm coming down to your school and to your apartment. And listeners, one day she said I could live with her. So (laughs) get ready for that. No, I'm just kidding. I I always, during her childhood and teenage years, I would always beg to live with her when I'm an old lady and she's an adult. And I said, I would watch her kids and everything, but let's talk about your college experience now. Are you enjoying yourself? Are you
0: yeah, it was really hard at first. Much like every other college student, I went in with a major that I didn't even want to do. I was, a, I went into college being a chemistry major, which for any of the listeners out there, that sounds like a big yikes. So, well, after yeah, for me, semester, especially.
1: <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, I was like, what the heck fun. is happening? Yeah. I was like, so, what's happening? But that didn't last very long.
0: My next semester, so my very second semester of college, I switched to a psychology major because I thought it would be interesting to learn about the human mind. It was a science that had only been practiced for 150 years. A big blocker for me with uh chemistry and bio was the fact that it had been studied for so long that it was hard to find something new. It was only just memorizing facts that other people had discovered. So I thought that psychology would allow me to make some inferences on my own. I then realized that it was not for me. I was project- self projecting a lot of my own mental illnesses onto this class and beginning to think about if I had all these other things and I just didn't want to be exposed to that. I felt like that was defeating the purpose of learning about it. So then I made the bold decision to switch to geography. I thought about what could I possibly do career-wise with a psychology degree? I could be a therapist, but I don't really want to listen to other people's problems my whole life. So what else can I do?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's if you don't really want to listen to other people's problems, don't become a therapist.
0: Yeah. So I realized that that was not for me. But then I thought about, okay, what am I good at? I really like earth science. And UNT, unfortunately, doesn't have a strict earth science program. So my advisor recommended that I go into geography with an emphasis in earth science. And immediately right off the bat, the first semester of me being a geography major was just a completely different experience than anything else I had had for the first year of college. Note that that first year was 2019. So I then took a semester off due to COVID. So when I came back as a geography major for the first time, it was really as if I had started college all over again, metaphorically, just because everything was so different with COVID and being online, etc, etc. So during that first semester, I realized that I was thriving in college compared to the past two semesters where I felt like I was barely getting by. I was really interested in all my classes. I was making a lot of friends with common interests. And I even found multiple people in my classes that were in other classes of mine. Ironically, my roommate that I live with now, we had met in a mutual class and now we're best friends because of it. So now as a second semester geography major, I'm doing even better. I love my classes. I love learning about earth science. It's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. And I currently work where I I use that knowledge from my teaching classes and I teach about earth science as well as other science subjects. And it's just filled me with so much joy that I realized like this is 100% what I want to do in the future. And so that was a really refreshing moment for me in my college career. I know that a lot of college students have a lot of doubt, including myself, those first two semesters where I didn't know what I wanted to do. So it feels really nice to know that I'm thriving, know that I'm doing well, as well as figuring out that this is the path that I am meant to be on. Wow. Wow. That's great. It's great news to hear this because, you know, we all go through our
1: daily lives and to check in and just know like, yeah, this is the right path.
0: I'm really proud of you. Thank you. It took a long time yeah. to get to this point. Yeah. Any <laughs> listeners listening out there, it, it will, it'll come to you eventually. It might take a, a while. It might take longer than other people, but it'll ha- it'll happen eventually.
1: Besides hard work and having a strong worth ethic and drive,
0: What's another thing you learned from being around show business? I would say maybe besides work ethic, performance level, I definitely find myself using those skills on a day-to-day basis. A little story for context, we did a spooky science night and I was in charge of slime making. And so I had set up a classroom to look like a witch's lair and I was the witch scientist. And I was explaining to everybody how to make slime. And I realized that I was essentially performing for these children as this witch scientist in order to keep them engaged and interested in this activity and to make it different than just a simple like, oh, today we're going to be making slime. That's so cool. Did you enjoy performing? Yeah, it was probably the funnest time I've ever had just because everyone was super into it. The parents kept saying that like I was perfect for this. And it just felt really rewarding and refreshing to feel like I was good at something without even trying. I'm happy that it just kind of came out of you,
1: especially with children. You have to keep them engaged and you have to keep them interested. So I'm sure, I mean, I went to your job and I saw you work and I see how you are with them. So I'm proud of you you definitely bump up your energy level it's great it's fantastic but i think you know i think everybody performs at on, on some level like do you know what i mean like you're yeah. all i think everyone wears a mask and it's only but it's only when you're like at home in the privacy of your own home that people take that mask off
0: yeah i think that there's definitely using the term mask to follow along with your analogy i think that there's different masks for different search situations i would say and easy way to describe it is like a customer service voice. If you work in any job that you have to deal with other people, you have this different persona of yourself in order to be this kind source for these people to come up to as well as being able to provide for them. I think that general basis can be applied to any sort of job.
1: Yeah. I agree. Okay. That was really all the questions I wanted to ask you today. And I appreciate you coming on the podcast because I know how private you are as a person. I just think that even if you weren't my daughter, I would really like you and respect you. And I'm proud of you. Can I still can I live with you? You're the best. And I'll talk to you very soon. Right. And I will yes. see you soon. Okay. absolutely. Because, thank you so much for having because, me. Thank you. The showgirl tip of the day podcast has original music composed by joshua holloway find him on youtube joshua holloway music this podcast is written by michelle bruckner and edited by michelle bruckner and joshua holloway find me on instagram showgirl tip of day thanks for listening we'll see you again next week with a new episode